But you could call me the can man, because anybody can get it. Unbelievable! Dana! 60 G's, baby! <laughs> Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler! Welcome to episode 67 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron. Today I'm joined by Tom Kennett, Troy Weaver and Alex Jones. A couple of things to get into before we uh, tackle the sport. Troy, uh, you were missing last week. Um, I thought this could be an interesting time to actually explain to people that the cheese roll is actually a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, it was uh, International Breakfast Day last yeah. Monday, so <laughs> I don't do podcasts on that particular uh, I did tell uh, TK it was like your day. Um, yeah. thing- I'm sure some people have probably seen some of the footage that's gone viral yeah. of it and because seen- this year they did seem to I think because there was three drones up there they did seem to catch some good good yeah I've seen a clip of the best falls <laughs> yeah. like, I've been up there once and I thought it was awful but hmm. I was more than happy to watch the like, clips after yeah. I know like, Gloucester Live did like a live stream and it was terrible it was nah. like someone I don't know why they employ people to do live streams iPhone, yeah that actually can't hold like a camera still um but no, for the, for those that don't know, it's it's uh, if you Google the cheese roll, there's a big steep hill where we live, and about twenty people stand at the top. Someone rolls a circular cheese down, and you win when you catch the cheese at the bottom. Yeah, you but add... it's like impossible to stay on your feet the whole way down. It is the the, the guy who's won is is a local lad, and uh, he's won it twenty two times. Yeah. he just it, he went for the record this year or something. Which was also another local person, but people come from all over the world yeah. for this thing. It's crazy because when you're up there, you get a lot of foreign sort of people that are there that ask you, you know, are you running in it? Obviously, you're local. Yeah. You're like, am I far? Are any, <laughs> are any of your mates ever done it? I said, yeah. CK, I thought I some mean, of your I, mates had before. I have ran it when I was young. When I was about yeah. 16, I ran it, but it wasn't in an official race. At the end of the cheese roll, they let 25 in at a time to just have a run, and you're not gonna get, you're not gonna win nothing. But it's usually people are doing it then by the time it is usually young lads and, ex- and drunk they, people by then. They used to make um, kids, and if I'm not mistaken girls as well, so it shows how things have changed where if you're a kid or a girl you have to run uphill. They still do that, they still yeah. do the uphill race, but, but it's it, a mixed race now. Uh, they do like, they still do the children's uphill race. Yeah, girls never used to run downhill, they did that, yeah. so they used to just oh, run yeah. uphill. They oh. always have. Yeah. I was thinking things have um, changed. Yeah, like a couple of my friends' mums have won it. Like one of my friends' mums got a photo in her living room of her with two broken legs at the bottom being carried off the hill. Like, yeah, this shit runs deep in Brockwood. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was saying to TK that when I look back now, it's not good. So we used to go to my dad's once a week, and that once a week would be he would take us to the pub, which has now been burned down. So, yeah. Uh, and I seem to remember, so we were obviously there on the bank holiday, and like about three o'clock, you would start seeing the people head to the pub from the cheese roll in slings and casts worst, worst and bruises. Is they, they used to run the first race at six o'clock in the evening, and uh, the reason they changed it is because of 
that exact reason that people were way too drunk by six <laughs> o'clock. So when they were running it, there was a lot more injuries back then in the eighties and whatever. So they changed it to they just felt it a lot less. Yeah, to noon. So you have to start your drinking a lot earlier. Yeah, I know my brothers went up there once when it had been like torrential rain and just yeah, slid down there with like bin bags, and I was like, Yeah, we used to, we used to sledge it as yeah. well in the snow. Well, do you want to come it. as well? Absolutely not. Hmm. Castle Hill was enough for me going down a bin bag, yeah. and if I go down for more than about 10 seconds, that's that's me done. I'm happy here. Can't beat sledging. Um, on from there then, so we had the England friendlies over the weekend. Um, probably says a lot about the game that the most talked about thing was the Nigeria kit, um, which I did get quite shamelessly. Did get it right yesterday. You managed to get it, yeah. did you? I was, Fair play. I was bang on like yeah, 8 I will be on the back? No, absolutely ah, not. No, nobody on the back? No. Oh, okay. Um, so what about yeah, the tracksuit? Jesus, did that's you see that sold, as well? Yeah, they wanted about like 200 quid. I was going to get the bucket hat with um, the <laughs> shirt, and that was 45 quid for the hat. Was it? Yeah. And that why, sold why out as well. Why not? They're gonna, they know it's going to sell. Yeah, literally everything is sold out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, not too much to report there. The England shirts, they eventually confirmed their squad numbers today. Got mine ordered Welbeck and, and Lingard. Okay. Um, what number did Welbeck get? 14. Oh. Pickford got the number one shirt, so so everyone shoots straight at him <laughs> and get the defenders in close for him to parry it away. Yeah. Um, and then finally, just this small one for you, Troy. I don't know if you looked at Arsenal social media yesterday. Just seeing a Bue back, it was just so good to see. Is he? He no, he. They oh, did well, the know... Legends game, and oh. so they kind of followed him around the whole time. Oh, lovely! And he's proper filled out. And they he's isn't he working the... for Galatasaray? I remember you yeah. telling me he fell on a bit of hard times. Yeah. And... They I'm not sure if he has AIDS or if that was a rumour. I hope, well, I hope not. Yes. Yeah, so. um, vicious rumour if it's yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wouldn't have filled out either. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. This is a bit different from the basketball, but I was seeing someone say that if uh, LeBron really wants to be like the GOAT, he needs to get AIDS. You know, like that gave Magic the competitive edge and nobody right. wanted to defend him. <laughs> I know, because they actually <laughs> thought he'd catch it for a yeah. shit back then. Yeah. Well, I still said now, like, oh, I might have to cut this out, but... It, it would be ignorant. I'm thinking, however many years ago, people thought like smoking did no damage to you. I don't want to be having a little chat with someone, having them cough and splutter and everything in 20 years' time. Like, you know what? You could actually catch it from that. Yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. Could be a bit of a nightmare. So I have a that. nice chat, but just from range. <laughs> did you see that meme that was uh, recently went about that more or less showed why he is such a great guy. Yeah, they like, did a documentary on... Just um, how he's never, never, you know, had no scandals, no like, nothing. Oh, LeBron, I thought it was yeah. like magic. Or oh, no, sorry, yeah, I was on about LeBron. <laughs> I was talking about Bouet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, Dave, yeah. No, no Bouet, yeah, he, he's filled out, and he's just got this grin, and they've literally just followed him around the whole time, and he's just occasionally just keeps turning to the camera and smiling and saying some, like, broken English. He's a, he's a great guy. They did a documentary on Sky Sports. We started all nice, and then it like turns. You know when um, you see like a trailer for like a thirty for thirty, and they have a little dark bit where the music kicks in, and it's always when he got subbed on and then subbed off oh, in the yeah. same game. <laughs> I've never seen someone's like popularity go through the roof off the back of that. Like he was, yeah, people was kind true. of forget he was actually hated before yeah. then. Yeah, because it was like, someone... like when he used to pick the ball up like five yards from his home box and run the whole pitch. <laughs> And then just do nothing with it at the end. He wouldn't know what to do with it. He like, was wank. He was crazy. The, the one season that you got to the Champions League final, he was good. He other was than, right other so than that, he was dreadful. I don't know. He he was he a good, good, good like, replacement for Lauren. 
Yeah. Remember Lauren? Yeah. Wenger started playing like left and right mid, and he was nah, yeah. I ain't, I ain't yeah, that. Not no, that in that there. Guy. Yeah. The thing is, I've said it with some of the other Arsenal players. It's hard to hate them when you know they literally can't do any better. This is just as good as they are, rather than they're not making an effort. Mm. So you can kind of get away with it a bit more. Then what and do we think about Chelsea at the moment? Uh, I seen something earlier that was pointing out that maybe they they could be. You know, in decline, Abramovich oh, has recently. It would be a dream. Obviously, all Russian billionaires like. have recently had to yeah. reapply for all their visas, etc. His was denied, wasn't it? Well, or no, he, he didn't actually apply for a British visa. Yeah, well, I think he did. I think he applied for it, and then they refused it, and so he was put on kind of like a waiting list. And I think he did like the bird thing, where he was like, "Well, if I reject you, and I come back chasing," and then well, they he, didn't. He now they has just an left Israeli him. passport. I think he actually turned that he down. Tra- <laughs> well, I don't know. My friend was telling me that he has an Israeli passport and that he can. Uh, visit the UK basically as a tourist, etc. Yeah, on that passport, man, yeah. yeah. But maybe Chelsea could be, you know, maybe we could see the rise and fall of Chelsea. Oh, that'd be beautiful. They uh, have completely uh, shelved their stadium plans. Yeah, that's yeah, all that's been put down. One. Yeah, um, and uh, they, they with the short transfer window that's coming, you think that they would have sorted this manager situation by now, but they reckon there's a stalemate in terms of Conte's wanting a big payout. So or you're just gonna see yeah, his man, see out his gonna, contract no matter what. I think he should need he should kiss, uh, shove his heels in the ground and, and stay firmly seated. I There's gonna be a few players that want him gone. William, one of them, obviously. <laughs> Shame. If this yeah. go, if this goes if this goes and they do collapse, I'm gonna be so so. I'm gonna be so smug, so just, smug. Him just Chelsea fans are saying a word because <laughs> most of them have already gone to Man City. Yeah. So, but him just having a little meeting my house on. He's like, they want to keep you. You're going. <laughs> they're trying to get rid of me I'm staying yeah. <laughs> both of them just cracking up together <laughs> alright so we get on to I'll go as the, the biggest event of the weekend USC 225 biggest card of the year so far um, we're not going to break down every single fight because we will literally be here all night and Alex will just be uh, doing whatever he's doing on his phone I don't want to I don't want to snoop um, if we start off then uh, with the controversy surrounding the fight pass prelims, so we're all right, Troy. I mean, we both have fight pass, so we'll at least be able to watch it. But Hell of a card on the yeah. prelims there for you. Joseph Benavidez versus Sergio Pettis isn't even topping the fight pass prelims. The fight pass prelims is topped by Rashad Evans against Anthony Smith. <laughs> oh, yeah, we've got Rashad Evans fighting. And we also have uh, the return of... Uh, Betovic, no. Um, Bektic, yeah, yeah. He's, he's on the actual like. Prelims. He's on the prelims, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So if we do, um, if we do um, Benavidez Pettis, I mean, this should tell you kind of the way the divisions go in uh, DJ side. There's yet to be a male flyweight fight on the main card of any UFC pay per view this year. It's not surprising, though, is it? It's, it's not, no. But the fights. <laughs> I, when was the last time we seen a barnstorming flyweight fight that wasn't involving DJ yeah, doing something issue. to someone who? Crazy, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to see Benavidez back though. This is the first fight in what yeah. two years? Yeah, since he robbed my man Henry. Yeah, so who was yeah. such a robbery as well? It really makes me sick that does. And that was who Pettis last fought, wasn't it? So yeah, you know, and lost. Well, this is the thing. Pettis lost to the number two guy, and so they've given him the number one guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, he's yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. Benavidez has also dyed his hair blonde, which is a strange look. Okay, yeah, that's strange. Yeah, <laughs> like proper like light bulb blonde. Simple. How do um, you see it going? This is the thing. So I was having a little look earlier, and I I like seeing other people's opinion, so I kind of know where I stand. Yeah, on. yeah. So I think about seventy percent of people thought that uh, 
Benavidez gets the job done. And I think that's the safe way to play it. I think it could look a lot like um, the Frankie Aguirre fight, where mm. Frankie isn't the best wrestler in the world, but he's good enough to be able to hold Yair down. Um, the difference, I guess, is Cejudo has the much better wrestling, but I think Benavidez has a better ground game. Rodriguez, you mean? Uh, not Rodriguez. Um, Benavidez. Pettis. No, yeah, I you think- said Cejudo. Yeah, I mean, I think Cejudo has a better, oh, sorry, like, yeah. in terms of the wrestling, but I think when it's actually down, then I think Benavidez is more like to finish the fight from down there yeah. um, than uh, Cejudo was. But both are good strikers. Benavidez probably has the power, whereas Pet is probably more of a crisp striker. Yeah, looking for the finish with the one shot. Yeah, he's he's sometimes one who can kind of admire his own work a bit, though, so he's going to have to really let him go on the feet. Because that's, if you remember the Cejudo fight, when he was sulking when you're on the bottom, and the refs we've seen um, recently, as soon as you ask to be stood up, they're like, well, now we're going to keep you down even yeah. longer. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of sulking there, and then when he was on the feet, he was so hesitant. Rather than make the most of it on the feet, he was kind of, how long can I stay up here before he takes me down again? Yeah. I think with Pettis as well, is he, he he really does need to put on a show if he if he wants to get anywhere now. Yeah. Because he... It's I've backed him a while, and and his performances just don't do it for me. Well, it's got if you look at his um, last three, then he lost two. Oh, I had it in my head, and as soon as I got to say it, um, he's just lost actually two. Oh. Who Pettis? Yeah, he lost to Cejudo, didn't he? He lost to Cejudo, um, and uh, but that's, that's uh, Brandon Moreno, Ryan... and Brandon Moreno is the other. No, he beat Brandon he beat Moreno. Him. His last loss after that was uh, was Ryan Benoit. Yeah, so what, that's what I was going to say. So he's fought Brandon Moreno, Cejudo, and Benavidez in three fights. So at least he's not trying to take an easy way to the title. That's true, yeah. But the issue is, at flyweight, it seems to be Cejudo, Benavidez, DJ above, and everyone else below. Yeah. It probably would have made more sense to put him in with someone like Wilson Hayes than this. But it's still, it's still going to be... Uh... It's a good test for Pettis anyway. Like you say, he has made a step up in competition over his last well, few fights. And if there's if there's a time to face Benavidez two years out... Yeah, it could be now, yeah, yeah. You don't know how he's going to... I don't actually know what he's out with. I think it's one of those... He, he had a he, he done his knee ligaments in because he was meant to fight. Uh, he was meant to fight earlier on in the year, wasn't he? Or last year. I'm pretty sure he was meant to Yes, fight. you're right. He was meant to face... It might have been it might have been Ray Borg, but I'm not entirely certain. But e- either way, he's been out, he's been injured. Um, I mean, he's not had it too bad. He's, he has managed to wife Megan O'Leary, who seems to be like, looking better well, with, each, too bad. Uh, with oh, each, I mean. each uh, time. But Ben Nugan. Oh yeah, he's the guy um, Louis Louis Smolker beat. Um, yeah, that's who, it was. Yeah, June of last year he was meant to fight. So yeah, so that's how. So he's been out yeah. since then. Yeah. Yeah, if it shows you kind of. In his timeout, the way things have gone, he started an Instagram hashtag on his account called um, Dapper something, uh, where he takes the pictures of UFC fighters at weigh-ins and then compliments their style. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah if you look at his Instagram, that's what he does now. Well, that's something. I'm starting something to, to do. I'm starting to think the odds might be wrong in this fight. <laughs> <laughs> He's had two years out, his wife's a fit bird and started becoming some sort of weird Instagram account. <laughs> If this was well, basketball, it, you'd be calling it I the Kardashian curse. I think it shows, though, that even when you have your time away from the sport, you do need to stay relevant. Colby Cummington, someone who 
has managed to do oh, that. I can't wait to get onto him. Yeah, I mean, we're going <laughs> to get onto him, but he's yeah. someone who manages to do that as well. He hasn't fought in a long time, but it would make you think like it weren't that long ago. Yeah. Because he's always around, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, is anyone picking Pettis to win? I'm going to go with a Benavidez decision. Yeah, same. I don't think we're going to get any shocks or great... I don't think it's going to be a great fight, personally. I think you'll probably know within the first minute, and we say yeah, I say that yeah. a lot, but you, you can... do with flyweights a lot more, I think. And you're going to know if he's shot or if he's... I'm going to say you'll know a lot about Pettis as well, won't you? About his attitude going into the fight. If he lets anything yeah, exactly. like he did last time against Zahuda, for example. Like you yeah. said, there was like kind of visible sulking going on. He's yeah, going to need a different is... game plan, otherwise he's going to he's just going to end up running into the wall. Like he's... he's always banking on inactivity from Benavides, but mm. it's not like he's been out with like an awful injury that's kept no, him I'm sure years. It's yeah. just been inactivity, hasn't it? Well, the, the worrying thing is, he is with Duke Rufus, who, as much of a good coach he is, you look at Anthony Pettis, and he's the exact same where the flaws have been the same in every one of his last fights, and they don't seem to be getting better. No. They don't. I, sometimes I feel like a change of camp might be the best direction for a fighter to go in for that yeah. spice of, you know, or freshen it up a little bit. With someone like Pettis, like uh, Anthony Pettis, I should say, um, I don't know if you get to a point as an older fighter where your coach is like, look, you're not actually going to improve this this much, so we're just going to work on everything else yeah. to try and work your fight. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. Work but, on your strengths, yeah. as it were. So if we get on to then, and I don't want to spend long on this one, but I just thought it was an interesting fight on the card. So we have um, Claudia Gadelia against Carla Esparza is on the prelims, and I, I will say I did manage, I did pick Carla Esparza in her last fight. So I actually had an underdog hacker then, and this was on the last Whitaker card as well, where she fought. Oh, I'm forgetting everyone's names today. Um, the alpha male. Uh, she's the, like, the Nate Diaz woman, basically. Oh. She got done for weed as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think <laughs> name now. We'll get we'll get uh, we'll yeah. get back to it. But yeah, she she won there. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a painful watch. In all yeah. honesty, you know, I, I like Claudia because uh, Claudia Gordelia just because. There's just something about it that's just really attractive to me. Well, like, she's, really if, like well her. she's just had a boob job as well, so that might help. I just really like her. Like, <laughs> there's a couple of things. In she's that, there's that mole on her face and shit. <laughs> just, I just like her. <laughs> she's she struggled she with the weight well. before, so I feel like adding, <laughs> adding extra weight adding to your 15 chest. pounds onto your Paige chest. Van, Paige Van Zandt did that, but I mean, no one's... Yeah, you but can, you can miss weight. I think Paige Van Zandt, <laughs> I think they, she knows in her own mind now what she's meant to be, and it's not world champion. I don't think. Which is, yeah. with all due respect to Paige Van Zandt, she's a great martial artist, she probably kick all of our heads in. But I just don't think that she wants to aspire to that level of absolute greatness I mean, when she has all this other stuff going on. Modeling. I don't want to take this to a really dark place, and I'm not by no means making light of this situation. She sold her... We'll make, we'll make a decision. <laughs> well, she, she sold her book tour like it was this. You're going to hear all about my life, what how I got here and that. And mm. like within the first two chapters, she talks about being gang raped. What? Yeah. Jesus. So that's why I said I didn't want. Page runs on. Yeah. Yeah, it's about like yeah, five, about five that. blokes. Uh, her mate ditched her and left her there. Well, when she was at high school age yeah. or something. So, yeah. So then that's kind of why she went on to be a fighter, so she could defend herself and all this. Uh, but I mean, it, if you saw some of the comments, it was horrific. <laughs> They're like, I'm not surprised you're showing off again. What? Things like that, saying she made it up and all sorts. No way. Yeah. So, I mean. Who knows? Who knows? Some good build-ups to do some of these fights. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Gadelia Esparza. I mean, Esparza kind of has those Maya type take, type takedowns where yeah. she kind of just doesn't Sticks set them up and, and just throws, yeah. throws herself at you and just tries to grab something. 
I really don't like Carla Esparza fighting, like watching her fight. Really. Well, no, I, I the fact Wait, she calls who, herself the Cookie Monster just is immediately just who is makes it? Who me annoyed. Punched her face. Yeah, Jacek. Hardly in. Yeah, it was. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, she absolutely. It was she was a the first real, champion. That's right. Yeah, and it was a real mismatch when yeah. it actually came down to. They were like, "All right, yeah. first defense. Here you go. You want to get Jacek?" She jabbed the <laughs> shit out of her face. Yeah, it was hard. She went in as a favorite for that as well, which looking now is. Doesn't make yeah, it kind of you can understand because she was like the poster girl, really. But without you know the looks, yeah, she was yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think it's going to be uh, Gadelia kind of having her way on the feet and then mixing in a few takedowns just to secure the rounds, and I think she'll get a decision. Yeah. Um, moving on then, so we have uh at the top of the prelims, uh, Alistair Overeem against Curtis Blades. Curtis Blades, friend of the podcast, could be a fun record. fight. Could also be a very dull yeah. fight. I mean, he's come out recently and he, he seems to be a lot more confident. He seems to know what he is. Uh, like he says... Um, Curtis Blades. Yeah, he yeah, said, yeah. Um, strikers bring in the fans, wrestling brings in the belts. Mm-hmm. Um, he recently, I think... Yeah, he's right I saw there. when I did interviews with him, like I, the first time I spoke to him, he was like, you could tell he was kind of holding something back and he, he has a speech impediment, so he has a stutter. And he put on his Instagram recently, he was like, people know now, so it doesn't actually bother me. I'll just kind of get on with it. And so if you see his Instagram story, I was saying this to TK recently, there is a guy there that you really can promote, but it's obviously, and you can't dig that out, but it's hard to put someone in front of a press conference where Mm. they could like, obviously struggle to get their words out. If you... The UFC, for what they are, they should be better at promoting their fighters, and you don't always need to have someone trash talking. You can put so he's a guy who likes Marvel films, he likes playing his PlayStation, yeah, but he also likes hip hop and rap music and all that. And you can put that out there, and he does these videos, sing along in his car, and just stupid things like that. But you can get fans to see that, and it kind of resonates with them. And so I think he is a guy who Overeem, he is literally the last guy to get past, and then it's out of. Him and Volkov probably for the next title shot. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I'd say that's probably a good shape. I was surprised to see when I looked at the polls, seventy percent of people again think that um, Overeem wins this one. And I guess the thing is, Overeem has notorious kind of takedown defense, but he's not really been in there with a wrestler. So that's true. We haven't seen. Yeah, yeah. Not Overeem has the um, Blades does the record for the most of a takedown in a heavyweight fight. Right. He's got a good chin. If you some of the shots he took from Mark Hunt and he stayed standing, he didn't even go down. Yeah. Yeah. He's not. He's no pussy. Let's put it that way. Um, well, I think a lot of them say, and, and we spoke about this before, how grueling it is going through their like wrestling program. Is by the time they get to fighting, this is like a breeze because of what yeah, they put their bodies through already. Yeah. But. Yeah. He knows that he's not the biggest striker, so he says it's all about footwork so he can set up his strikes to set up a, set up a takedown. He literally said to me, the game plan is the exact same as it was for Mark Hunt. Get him to the ground, ground and pound, whether it's a decision or uh, a knockout, that's fine to me. His only loss in the UFC is to Ngannou. Yeah. And that was a doctor stoppage. Um yeah, so he, he sets up his takedowns now. He knows that he's going to ground and pound whilst he's there. And if it's anything like the Hunt fight, he's probably got less to worry about in terms of power, but more in terms of variation. Yeah. And a guy that actually can do some damage whilst he's on the floor. He can. He does have a ground game over him. I feel like we... Uh, I don't know. I feel like over him seems to pop up more and more. Well, not more and more, but 
all the time. We just seem to be often talking about away. exactly. We, seems six, like you go a, all in the heavyweight division. You go a, <laughs> yeah, you go a few, you know, podcasts. A few months might pass. Suddenly, Overeem back in the mix, and we say the same thing every single time. Is this going to be? His last or whatever. The man keeps trucking along, doesn't he? It's strange. Yeah. But... Kind of like in a boat with both pets, probably. Just in terms of, it doesn't matter what loss it is. Yeah. You always think to yourself, they might be able to do it. Yeah. There's always someone saying Oh, he's saying always got a chance. Do. I need someone to look over him. I need him to leave for li- liver with, kicks. With the takedowns for Blaze, well, he is taking on a, a bigger man in terms of over him. Than That's Hunt. true. Hunt isn't that big at heavyweight. I know he packed a punch, obviously, but in terms of being yeah, able to defend the takedowns. Yeah, over him is still a big boy, even if he isn't maybe as... Certainly isn't, isn't as rich as he once was, is he? But no. <laughs> when he was on uh, some help. I think people say that Overeem is going to try and initiate the clinch, and I think that could be the worst thing because he's not going to be the stronger man in the clinch. No, no chance. And that literally gives him an easy path to a takedown. I mean, someone uh, messaged him the other day and he put a screenshot up saying, uh, watch out for those Overeem knees. And he messaged back saying, I'm glad you said that. I wouldn't have actually known about that if yeah. you hadn't told me. <laughs> well, that's a good point, yeah. I didn't know nothing about the man. Watch out for those punches. The yeah. well, stuff. Over him, they just say, don't they, the most accomplished striker in MMA and all this, because he's got belts in. He's, he's been knocked those. out the most as well, though. <laughs> that is something. Yeah, we also, literally, if you can land one on his chin, he is going to go. He's going to go sleep. Yeah. It's yeah, just, you say about Blades is striking, it might just be that he doesn't really have to develop any striking. Yeah. If Overeem's chin is as bad as we think it's got. Also, I mean, I know it's to Miocic, but usually it's hard to knock someone out cold with ground and pound because you're in such a close vicinity. Mm. Miocic literally put his lights out. Yeah. And that's when he got up and said, I felt him tap, and they played it back, and I'm like, no, no, he didn't tap. Mm. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm, I'm going to go for a, a, a Blaze decision. Uh, I mean, I was going to say this, actually. The same people that criticise the way Blaze fights are the same people who want Brock Lesnar back in the UFC. Yeah, they don't. I, that's because I don't think they really understand what Brock Lesnar brings to the UFC. I think they, they for like F, the idea for of it. Yeah, exactly that. May, <laughs> yeah, they think that it's going to be mayhem in the ring and carnage and steel chairs getting smashed over heads. But to, and I, I'll be honest, when I first heard Brock Lesnar was coming over, I thought that. I thought this guy's going to be a beast. But then I didn't realise his background in yeah. was wrestling proper, you know, and whatever else. If you didn't know the name, show people the Lesnar Mark Hunt fight and say, right, this guy's someone to get excited about. Yeah, you yeah exactly, No, yeah. he's not. And he fought uh, over him when he was Uberim as well, yeah. where he's literally like the most scary, like Jack. So that was when he, he uh, liver kicked him, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah, and Brock Lesnar's liver jumped and up into his fucking tongue <laughs> and fell back down <laughs> all Before the way. Before Boom. we uh, move on to the main card, who are you picking for this one? I'm going to go with our boy. Definitely Blades. So uh, I think he, I think he take it through a decision. Um, it might not be fancy, but like he says, he, he knows what it he needs to do to yeah. get the bout, and that is decent wrestling. Work hard and go for it. TK, you gonna upset the apple cart here or not? No, I'll, I'll go with friend of the show. I think the fact that he kind of knows what he is as well. The fact that he's honestly said basically, yeah, I'm just gonna have to wrestle. He's probably gonna take that into most fights. I think there's an advantage that you know your identity. I think some kind of get caught between. Sorry, go know, ahead. I think some of them sometimes get caught between what they are. I think actually in a strange way, if you do have one, you just know. It's kind of, that's an advantage in itself. I know yeah. it might be seen as lack of versatility, but stick to what you're good at and I think you will. He has a certain hunger as well at the minute, Curtis Bleed, I think that Overeem, I don't want to say doesn't have, but Overeem has done a lot Out of the two, in the game. you'd think one's going to be more. Hungry, Blade wants this more. Yeah. It's his third fight in six and a half months. Yeah, that's what Blades. I mean. The guy's hella active. 
Definitely. I can't even pronounce the first side like Omiel Chuck, who uh, I can't say his name. Uh, um, I don't think it'll be particularly pleasant to watch the fight. No. I don't think, I think it's no. going to be one that's not pleasant on the eye. Well, it's one of them where if you have a best on it, then it kind of helps because you're cheering on him to keep him down. But otherwise, if you have no interest oh, in the fight, yeah, it's like watching two, like Stoke against Wolves. <laughs> I don't know why Wolves came into my head. But, um, so if we get onto the main card, uh, voted the fight everyone's waiting for. CM Punk yeah, against Mike Jackson. Jesus. I am excited for it. Yeah. Man. Well, the thing, we all love a freak show, and I don't know why this analogy came in my head. I was thinking about this on the way to work, and I was trying to think about how people will watch anything that is besides the ordinary. And the matchup that I put in my head was the world's strongest midget against the world's weakest seven-footer <laughs> on pay-per-view. And you would watch it just to see wow. what's going to happen. You would. We will watch anything as a people. That involves a bit of glory and we were talking about guts. cheese rolling earlier. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you're yeah, throwing exactly. yourself down the hill chasing the cheese. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you can think of it, someone's stupid enough to <laughs> yeah. do it. Well, Bellator was headlined by uh, Kimbo Slice against uh, Dada Three Thousand, which for a yeah. start you got a guy. It's headlined by a guy called Dada Three Thousand. <laughs> the fight was that bad. Dada Three Thousand had a heart attack mid fight. Oh, yeah, came back oh, and saw yeah, the and distance. Yeah, done the rest of it. Eight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is how bad <laughs> some some fights are. So at least this is a freak show. But it's also, it's not just a, it's not a freak show as such as that. It's a it's a um it's a heartwarming story. Hopefully, it's a good story. Like if uh, the reason I'm backing CM Punk is because um I, I spoke about this the last time when he fought. You know, I've watched his documentary uh, from before where I, I grew up watching professional wrestling. So I kind of liked him anyway. And there's just something about him that is a very much... Uh, he has that thing where it makes you feel like anyone can do it. Like, that's that's yeah, CM yeah. Punk's thing. It's almost like... Work. Yeah, it's almost like if you just put the time and you put the effort in, then you can fucking do this. Because he proved that by getting to yeah. arguably one of the hardest entertainment businesses yeah, yeah. to get into. You know, Someone's always got to go. It has. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. People tune in to watch that Gabby Garcia fighting old women. So you can't really join your high horse about this, can you? For people watching. No, I mean it's in Chicago as well. That this is hometown. Yeah. Their fans are going to be rooting for him. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all want Punk to win. It's I just, do. We, yeah. we can't really give a logical prediction. <laughs> so no. on to then. This one is the one I thought probably should swap places on the card with um, Overeem Blades, but I can see why it hasn't. Um, Andre Arlovsky against Tied to Avassa. I think we all picked Struve to beat Arlovsky. Um, he's now on a two-fight win streak. Oh, a little, small little resurgence again, which he yeah, does a lot in his career. Junior Albini before that, um, after losing five in a row. Yeah, before that. <laughs> and I think we wrote him. I think we wrote him off. To be yeah. fair, we did say maybe it's time to call. To I think call it, it might day, say and... more about Struve and Albini than it does possibly who he's fighting, yeah. but. Two of us has only had two fights in the UFC. Um, he's won them both in wild, like balls to the wall. Yeah, uh, this will be his first fight outside of Australia, though, won't won't it? Wow, outside. I think the last one was Australia, and the one before that was New Zealand. That sounds right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So it'll be his first time coming to the US on the big stage, if you will. Well, the win over Rashad Colt is actually looking better and better because he's like a formidable guy in yeah, the division. Like, yeah. Um, and he KO'd him. Uh. This is also kind of the first legit opponent that he's not just going to have to charge through. Mm-hmm. And so it could give us an idea of how he fights to a more composed plan or if he does have the capabilities to fight to a composed plan. I think it's nice to see another young heavyweight B 
being able to well, you know, push forward. He has a personality as well, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he seems. Yeah, he does actually. Because I, when in preparation for this, I to remind myself, I, I watched his last fight back, and uh, at the end of yeah. his post-fight interview, he ignored <laughs> everything the interviewer was asking him. He just said what he wanted to say. Yeah, he already knew what he wanted to say. Let me just say it. Okay? He did the shoey on the side. Yeah, yeah. Um, the fans were nuts for him as well. That's yeah. kind of oh, like yeah. you can see them trying to build someone there 100%. in terms of yeah, man. another family. He's only 24 as well. Exactly, he's young. I was actually meant to speak to him last week and his agent cancelled, so I was quite good about that. Ah, but we'll he did him. say we can we we can get him because he's a brother-in-law with, I'm going to say Mark Hunt, but it might be really? Tyson Pedro. I know they all have a little right. click there. Um uh, what are you going for? Do you I'm, t- uh, I'm going to say he goes uh, Olofsky. Olofsky has no chin left. It's just no one has actually round. touched him in the last three fights. So, yeah, I'm going to go round one. I'm just going to he's just going to fly at him. And if yeah. it doesn't go there, then it could be a bit of like an adrenaline dump and it could be horrible. Yeah, it could be a, a, lot, <laughs> could be a lot of hugging going on. Yeah, But no, no, hopefully, I mean, we do need these kind of people in the division. Yeah, at definitely. the moment, it would be, be good for it. It would be a good injection into the Hopefully, Blades wins and Volkov wins his next fight, and then we have two legit new guys to face. Uh, yeah. Well, whoever the champ is, uh, come July. So, if we go on to then, so we have three fights to go. Um, Holly Holm against Megan Anderson. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm pretty clueless here. Um, I mean, we know Anderson's a legit featherweight. Um, she's a previous Invicta belt holder. Holm has only won one fight since beating Browsey and somehow still ranked one at bantamweight. <laughs> uh, which one probably says more about victory in her last five fights. Yeah, being uh, Betchko here where she had that horrid head kick and then she was de- yeah, dazed on the floor like that. She yeah, ran up. <laughs> it's a shame because she's And that was in like nice China, lady. I think it was as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's a nice woman. Yeah, she's like a Justin Timberlake super fan. That's all she seems she? to go on her Instagram. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> yeah, she paid for all her friends. It's just some meet and greet. There's a lot of pictures of it. Uh, also, isn't looking good for Jackson Wink. It's looking more and more like Jones benefited them than the other way around. Really, that is true. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Like he was bringing their game up. I'll say the thing. The most annoying thing about Holly Holm is the noises she makes. You think she's connecting with every strike, and mm-hmm. usually she's actually not. So it probably helps the judges. But, but <laughs> watching an eight is kung fu movie when sometimes <laughs> Holly Holm's on the screen. Um. Yeah. I don't really know who's going to win. I mean, it probably helps the division if uh, Megan Anderson wins, but I also don't know what happens to the division if Holm wins. I don't know what happens to Holm if she loses. Her losses being to Tate, Cyborg and Shevchenko aren't too bad in that run, but still not ideal. I was going to say, that probably does... It does have a bit of an asterisk over the losses when you think who they have been against. Yeah. She has forks on and the at elite. different weights as well. Yeah, two got, different weights. I think she's been ban- banking around. Not that, been actually. sort of like comprehensive losses generally, anyway. As well, like I know we had the cyborg fight closer than some people did, for example. Originally, I thought when I thought about this fight um, on Holly Holmes' uh, part, I did think that maybe this one might be better for her because there'd be less pressure. I hope she wins. But now I'm. But then when I thought, actually, hang on, maybe there will be more pressure on it. She'll be feeling more pressure because, whereas the last few fights have been either title fights or big name fights, this one is a little bit, you know, one of those ones where she should feel confident in herself to get the victory. Um, but 
on the same side, if she does lose, this could be the last sort of stop yeah, for her. Yeah, I'm, prelims next time yeah. she loses. I'm yeah. quite, I'm quite a like, fan of her as well. I, I wasn't sure I was, and then I start feeling nervous when she fights. So, <laughs> I mean, the only time I've rooted against her was Misha Tate for obvious reasons. This, this Megan Anderson has a has a pretty decent record as far as women M- women's MMA she, goes. Well, at eight and two, she's trained you know, by um, James Krause. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Okay. And obviously, Invictus is the sort of farming ground from for the UFC, isn't it? For women's yeah. like MMA. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, so if we get on to Covington against Rafael dos Anjos, firstly, I do want to say I am fully Team Colby. Nerd Bash 2018, Raw American Steel and Twisted Sex Appeal. Gah! Hates Brazil. Gonna defeat Rafi Dos Nachos, as he says. <laughs> that what he says. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, when you break it down, he got pieced up on the feet by Meyer in his last fight. He got fortunate that in the last 30 seconds, he split him open, so there's that cool clip of him yeah, standing up and doing like this boss. with all the blood all yeah, over I know. him. Do, do you think this is the best fight on the card? I'm looking forward to it. I think it, it probably is. Well, the, the I think thing, this might be the most exciting fight on the card. One of the most telling things, and I, what it was, I think it might have been Brian Kelleher that pointed out, he's like, this looks like a good fight until you look at the promo, and all of the clips of Dos Anjos are him like fucking people up. And then you look at Kobe, <laughs> and it's just him saying things like, all my haters are virgins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you gotta love Colby. I don't know why what he brings people hate him because like, you know what he's doing. Like, yeah. if he was genuinely even when you see him asshole. on the MMA hour, yeah. like he'll even like he's like, "Well, Ariel, I ain't even gonna answer that question, but I am gonna tell you this." And you're just like, "Do you even turn off ever?" <laughs> oh, honestly, I hope he wins. It wasn't a good look. <laughs> he posted a picture of a load of porn stars that he blatantly like hired out to shoot videos, saying he was like. I'm not going to say what happened, but I won't rule out that an orgy was involved. <laughs> and then what a porn star's come it? out and gone, you may have had that with them, but that 100% did not happen with me. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. But no, uh, I guess it's if he can hold him down, but he's going to have to get very low to take down Dos Anjos because of how small he is. What I will say is, a lot of people underestimate RDA's grind game as yeah. well off his back. It was a lot more he was doing kind of defensive wrestling against Maya. I think he didn't necessarily want to play that game. But then he was able to kind of keep him there when he didn't yeah. want to. I mean, yeah, to, to be fair to Colby, beating Damian Maya was a, uh, you know, prove that he could, he could sort of do that side of it as well if he needs to, which is not... Not necessarily the most exciting thing you want well, to see in that type of thing. Well, we've got it up on the website. Rory spoke to him just before he kind of done this persona, so he was kind of trash talking oh. a bit. And he's a really nice bloke. Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> so, so he just he just sees the game as it is. Well, it's worked. It's exactly worked. He's gone that. from beating Meyer to getting an interim title shot yeah. ahead of Wonder Boy. Yeah. Without fighting in almost over, in over <laughs> yeah. a year as well. Like you said, you do actually forget that as well. Yeah, you don't yeah, think exactly. he's been active at all. Yeah. Whereas RDA went up fifteen pounds and has been doing the most. <laughs> he's been a monster. He really has. One of the one of the things to point out with RDA is he's not this killer. I mean, he landed what like a twenty punch combo on Lawler with one leg and couldn't knock him down. Yeah, he's right. not gonna knock. He's not gonna knock you out, but he's definitely gonna keep. He coming. also struggled to out grapple Lawler when he had one leg. Mm. So it's. I think he's a pretty big favorite if I'm not mistaken at RDA. So I mean, I'm gonna be. That's no, pretty narrow. Oh, is it? Yeah, uh, I was just looking at the kind of polls. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'll bet on it, but I'm, I'm yeah, fully on the Colby Express. He's only four to five. Covington's evens. Oh, so that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm all aboard. 
Um, a win here for RDA surely puts him in contention, though, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'd, I, don't, I, was, I don't know why Woodley said he was fit enough to fight, but there was no fight that interested him. Yeah. There would have been so. nothing better for him than the Covington fight, because everyone hates yeah. Woodley. Yeah. Everyone would have loved him for this, and he would have put a beating on him. Yeah, he could have, actually. Yeah. That would be a style that would actually... Yeah, yeah. but the thing is, Colby is going to struggle to take him down. He hasn't got the hands to match with him, and he's going to get clipped. And so he's going to get a horrible... He's been beaten by a guillotine before, which is something to watch out with in terms of RDA. And if you look at the squeeze that um, Woodley has with those arms then Yeah. I mean, it was literally the most... I think um, Ariel said it to him on the MMA. He's like, this is literally the perfect thing for you. I don't know why you're not jumping (laughs) at this. Woodley is his own worst enemy. I mean, yeah. I, I try to defend him and he just makes it so difficult. But I'm going to say I think RDA is going to win. Prediction-wise, I'm going to go for an RDA decision. We don't know how he's going to go for five rounds. is an interesting thing. Yeah. But, I mean, wrestling is what you want on your side if you're going the distance and you're tired. But no, I'm, I'm going to go RDA. Yeah, I'm saying with that one, to be honest. Yeah, I think some relentless pressure from RDA. I think he could kind of show him a bit of a different level at this point. Not to say he's not going to, but at this point. I think you probably get it. I thought where you two both going for decision. Yeah. I think you probably get it done earlier. I, 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 in the first one, I thought about it. I thought you'd probably get it right in the middle of the fight, around the third round or something. Okay. But yeah. On to then. Uh, I'm going to say it's a proper coming out party for. Covington, if he does yeah. do a job oh, on him, yeah. isn't it? It's, 100%. You know he's going to fall retired in the post-fight interview, obviously, as yeah, well. Yeah, he and... goes to Brazil, does a parade. <laughs> well, the thing is, this, this fight was meant to be in Brazil. He clearly, I know. he just doesn't care, clearly. He was more than happy and he said the UFC were kind of, he was like, they didn't want to pay for my safety. Do you see um, him going in until he went in on uh, the Doom for failing the drugs test? Yeah. He, he If you listen to him talking about it, cause you know the Vazoom thing, hit him with a boomerang. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was like, you know what? I could have told you this. He was like, we, when we squared up, I looked into his eyes and I could see the steroid rage was there. <laughs> and he's like, and I knew, I knew then that there was something happening. That's and he kept calling him, I don't know if it's like a brand in America, because he kept calling him Till's Doughboy. So, Till, what the hell was he doing on Saturday night? Filming oh. just a relentless number of Instagram stories, picking his nose and eating it. Yeah, he went full scouts, didn't he? <laughs> the things I've heard about this, Jesus. Yeah, it was really weird, real weird. <laughs> and then at like seven in the morning, he posted a photo with a load of hobos, didn't he? Um, what the hell? Just like on the street drinking buck fast. Someone was filming him in the, in this what this car rolling the Instagram. window down, screaming down, "Your your ma's a cunt!" at people out the window. What the hell? He's not right in the head. Yeah. We, trust me, <laughs> watch that documentary and towards right towards the end of it, um, the guy's talking with Colin. Uh, Colin Cap, not I was going to say Cap. <laughs> well, he ain't talking to him. But he's talking I know to, you mean. He's talking yeah. to his coach, Colin, and he says to him, "I'm not sure how honest he's been with you about his upbringing and his his background and stuff. This lad's had it tough. Yeah. He said he's not he's not from a nice place, like you know, and he had to be the way he is to in order to survive to get to how he is, etc. And there is when you watch that documentary about him, there is something that just makes you think like he is the sort of person that. That could lose all of this, yeah, quite easily well, by getting in the wrong, wrong yeah. argument with someone and and just and killing a man in a club or something. I didn't it could know I wanted to see an interview with uh, Till and uh, Kaepernick until you've mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> now no, you need to see board. that shit. <laughs> all right, finally, so uh, Whitaker Romero, um, 
kind of have some interest in this is not really like peaking my interest. I mean, yeah. depends if he makes weight or not. Then yeah. we'll and get Whit- interested. Whitaker also beat him on one knee last time, so yeah. This well, this was my thing. Maybe that Ramiro comes into this one with something better this time round, knowing that he can actually walk away with the title. Yeah, I think he's going to stop him this time, Whitaker. I think. Yeah, I hope. I think I, in the fourth that's round, what I reckon. Yeah. I think it'd be earlier than that. I think it would be about the first or the second. I think he's going to knock him I out. I mean, a win over Rockhold's good, but a guy who notoriously has a weak chin, you're not getting too much credit for knocking him out. So. Well, it's the thing. He does deserve the title shot, doesn't he? Yeah, really. Yeah. I mean, he's if you if you knock out Rockhold, kind of the next best guy, really, isn't it? I'm going to say, and as much as you say it, I think we all tipped Rockhold yeah. to win, did we not? Yeah. So it's it's a good win. It's a dominant it display is. as well, wasn't it? From yeah. pretty much start to finish, pretty much. I still think, and it sounds ridiculous, that on any given Sunday, Rockhold is head and shoulders above everyone else in the division in if terms of his it. actual talent yeah. and right. skill set. Yeah, yeah, but, but obviously, them Cuban wrestlers don't play, do they? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah going to what you said, whoever he wants, it, isn't it? Because yeah. in that fight, he did look—I don't want to say scared, but certainly <laughs> very nervous. Of what was in front of him? Yeah, yeah. that's true. No, I'm, I'm going to go for um, Whitaker KO round four. Yeah. I don't know whether a KO counts if Romero does just pass out from being tired or, or drowns uh, from the amount yeah. of water they throw on him. Oh yeah. <laughs> or if they, what's the odds on some uh, shenanigans taking place I in don't this think fight? A suspended betting. I yeah, think. I think that's hundred percent. Because something will happen at some point during the round or something. End of round three. There's something. Yeah. Snap. You get a steroid shot or some shit. Where's the stool? I can't find the stool. Or something. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Give him an extra minute. Hopefully Mark Goddard's the ref and yeah. he just won't take any shit out. He's the all. best ref at the minute, yeah, I think. He's good. I think he is. Um, I think the Americans like it because I think they like to think that they are the best oh, at yeah. everything. Yeah, there was a fight Dan Mergliotis stopped on Saturday and literally flattened the fighter. And it was like, well, you're trying to stop him taking yeah. a blow and you've literally crushed him on the way down. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, we, we, we've gone in now for quite a while on this UFC, so we're, we'll get Alex back involved and uh, hopefully we got some good fights to talk about as of next Monday. Early last week, it was confirmed that uh, Zinedine Zidane is leaving his post as Real Madrid manager with immediate effect. Clearly uh, taking, well, most of the football in World by Storm. I don't think anyone's, anyone saw that coming after he's won uh, the Champions League. Um, just a little bit here, just kind of our thoughts on it. Whether we kind of respect what Zidane's done or all that kind of business. Um if I just kick us off and just say he's the first manager under Florentino Perez that has actually escaped the sack and left under his own accord. <laughs> so I think that obviously could have an influence as to why he's decided not to carry on. I it's interesting because when I heard it, I was like when I saw it pop up, I was like in shock. But then when I actually thought about it, it was like actually that makes sense because it's like he's ended on a high note. And he's going to end differently to everybody that's come before him, which is going to distinguish him. And I mean, three Champions Leagues in a row. I mean, you know, I think as well he realizes that that Real Madrid, that that Real Madrid squad now is is. I mean, it's a top squad, but I think the fact that what the lack of contention that they showed in the league mm-hmm. with those set of players, you can win a cup, but you can't win a league at the moment. Yeah, if you can sign off with three in a row, then you can kind of glaze over the league performance which I wasn't shocked and uh, he was constantly linked with a sack going in the build up to the final 
which is just like we said, he's been there two and a half years and ended up winning three Champions Leagues. But not only that, but he was also a legendary player for one of the best players ever. So the fact that he was linked with us at then probably leads him to think, I don't need to have any loyalty here. I may as well sign off with a. If we get the win, I'll be off something else. I mean, the two um, names being spoken about now are Arsene Wenger and Gucci, seems to be the other one who's being spoken up. But before we get on to that, I wondered. When you're talking about like all-time great Real Madrid managers, one of the things that kind of I think makes you like an all-time great is when you can ride out that bad patch and you can turn it around. So I don't know if he kind of said about him that he's seen a little bit of trouble come in and thought, you know, I'm getting out of here quick. Yeah, I think he realizes that there is a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, do you hold that against him when you're kind of uh, thinking about the, the great managers? N- no, because at the end of the day, what he's achieved is massive, and it's just smarts. At the end of the day, I, I like. He can uh, the man management which he has got to have had for that squad alone. I think you've got to distinguish him with, and it's, especially with the lack of experience that he had. It'd be really interesting to see what he does next and whether he can match it. I yeah, think. The, where he goes next will tell you a bit more about him as a manager, won't it? Because I think Alex is right in terms of the man management because the Galacticos never won anything in terms of Champions League, so. You know, it obviously shows it's not just about talent. But I did see a stat saying about I don't think any of the players that played he had brought in. I can't remember. It was something ridiculous, like mm. no one there that he so he just ne- done very well with what he had, but he inherited everything. So it does kind of we said it about um, Luis Enrique when he's getting linked with Arsenal, but didn't he? Yeah. So you can't really tell if you've just managed Madrid or Barcelona. We need something else after, mm. unless. Like Pep is an extraordinary buzz. I think he probably had an idea of what he was like. But well, the the thing with that as well is that he was kind of playing guys like Lucas Vazquez at right back. But in terms of what Alex said with man management, he was keeping guys um, where he was rotating. So he was starting Champions League games with the likes of Modric, Cruz, and that on the bench. I think he had Modric, Cruz, and Isco on the bench for the first leg against Juve. So how can you keep a squad happy like that? It must literally be that they respect him so much. He yeah. does not look a yeah. guy that you would want to mess with. And <laughs> he looks like one of those guys who, because of how well-respected he is, it's almost like you just don't want to disappoint him. Yeah, so yeah. it's even like a bad apple in the team. I guess the only person who probably didn't respect him is Ronaldo. And I don't think he really respects anyone. <laughs> I think as well, what's interesting is when you look at, so when players fall out of favour and when managers fall out of pairs, uh, favour at Real Madrid, I think Zidane's going to have a close, close connection with the whole hierarchy at Real Madrid. So he's always got that two what two two to one over on any players which are being like, arguably you could say Ronaldo is going to maybe have that leeway still, but the likes of say Bale, Modric and stuff like that, he they're going to want to stay in favour. Well, when you spend money on a player like Bale and then your manager leaves him on the bench, you have to have the results to back that up, or then you look like an idiot. And obviously, he he's done well to to not do well in the league and then at the same time be able to... I th- he did win one La Liga, didn't he? In his three years. Did he? Um, I don't know. Did, well, if no, not, he's done well Athletic, then. Because Barcelona, Atletico... Well, he's done well then to uh, get the Champions League, which kind of deflects. Yeah. He's done the equivalent of Wenger winning the FA Cup. Yeah, it's been definitely it's Barcelona twice and Atletico once in the last three years. I'm he's, pretty sure he's done well then because Wenger got stick for just winning the FA Cup, and I think if you measure it up, <laughs> but as a club, 
the thing is, though, as a club, Real Madrid have always been associated and will always choose the Champions League over anything else in the footballing world. Yeah, I mean, if if we kind of uh, before we move on, if we kind of do, there's kind of four questions, or maybe more three questions. So if we kind of do players first. Ronaldo, I mean, we were quite cynical on here last week and we thought that Ronaldo was only kind of saying he was going to leave because he didn't score in the Champions League final and so we wanted a way to twist it back onto him. Does anyone actually think he's going to leave? Because I, I can't have another summer of these United rumours. Honestly, I can't. I don't think he's going, I don't think he's going to leave. I, I think... I mean, you get, you get these what you think these strong rumours are that he is actually going... Like, first of all, anything's possible. Like, in it, the money that gets thrown around these days, yeah. anything's possible. You get these strong rumours that surface that link him and saying, like, it's definitely going to happen. But then I always find that somebody comes in from, like, the stock market or something like that and immediately questions it. And if you think that Bale, uh, Bale, uh, Bale Ronaldo or Messi or Neymar as well as being moved around in this transfer window, you, like, literally... There's more chances of aliens landing tomorrow. It's like they they sort of just quash it immediately because they seem to know something about the money yeah. and like the stock that's involved in the clubs, which and is preventing it from happening. It's hard to say that it, it doesn't mean anything to him because obviously you don't get to that level and not worry about it. But for me, I don't think he is so fussed about the money. I think he's fussed about his image, which is number one. But secondly, I think he needs that competitiveness, which is why I couldn't see him at PSG because I couldn't see him playing these French farmers week in, week out. <laughs> And playing the lakes of like Rens and that he needs, I think he needs either that Messi there or he needs that Premier League or Germany isn't really doing it. So he either needs to be in a team. The only justification with PSG would be you've got the Champions League. If he wins the Champions League, then he's delivered the team. But I mean, you have to keep him focused like week in week out. And I mean, like, Ellen Ego guy, it could be perfect if he can nail like a hundred goals in the <laughs> in the French league. But he's gonna have Neymar to kind of go with there because Real Madrid aren't stupid enough to say oh, we'll swap you um, PSG aren't stupid enough to say we'll swap you Neymar for Ronaldo because mm, in no. terms of worth but I think he's going to have to have something there to keep that fire lit and he's almost like Wenger I think where he's going to leave where he when he wants to leave I don't think he's going to leave when the club are like alright you know we've had, a bit, we've had enough of you now we've seen it I think too many summers to think it's inevitable he's going to leave. I think every time he ends up signing a new deal or whatever, I don't think it's necessarily about the money if he ends up signing a new contract, but more that he wants parity with someone like Messi or Neymar. Mm. The reports kind of say that they're both on more money than him, so I can completely believe he'd be the type that would want that rectified and Madrid of paying out, so it normally works out pretty well for him. Do you know, um, kind of, you, you get some people and I'll say, I've been one of those people before, maybe part of me still is now, you know those people who have to have the last word, and I think kind of like with Ronaldo, I'm not sure he's got it in him to kind of feel like he's the guy that is quitting in the him and Messi kind of yeah, battle yeah. to be like, you know yeah, what, definitely. I'm actually going to leave now, I'll let you do your thing, I think he's he would be the guy who would stay there in the rain, the snow, whatever, in whatever he's got saying, I'm not leaving, you're leaving before me. The thing is, though, I mean, neither of them show, like, they are still doing it. That's the thing. I mean, even the likes of Neymar, Suarez, Bale have come along and everybody touts, like, Neymar as the next Messi and Bale as the next Ronaldo. Neither of them have managed to knock them off their pedestal. So I think this is going to keep going and going. I think... If you had to twist my hand, I'd say Real, uh, Ronaldo is staying, is going nowhere, and Bale will be the one out the door. 
I don't think there really is like a strong enough manager that's going to come and like swing his dick around the burn about going, all right, Ronaldo's going out. I'm making my mark here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I'd imagine one of the key things when you're signing a manager is you they kind of want yes men, don't they? At Madrid, hundred percent. Yeah. Like that's why. I mean, we'll get on to who the managers could be. I think when you look at the targets, there isn't really someone strong. And I'm not saying about, I kind of rule him out now. I don't think Klopp is one of these guys that's going to like fight the power kind of thing. But I also don't think he's a guy who's just going to nod his head and say, no. And that's why I think, it, I don't think you'll see any serious links. I mean, you're going to see some in the paper because everyone's going to link, but I don't think you'll see any kind of serious ones of him. Before we get on to the manager, if we do Bale, like Alex said, do we think Bale's going to stay? I, I Personally, I think he'll wait and see who the manager is and go from there. Yeah, I, I think it's purely his future, purely depends on who the manager is and what Ronaldo's doing. I think that interview after the Champions League match was pretty solid in terms of what his thoughts and intentions were. And I get that. I don't, I like, he. it's not even, even if you could say that he is a better player than Ronaldo, it, I just the presence which Ronaldo has at that club, I don't think he was ever going to be able to knock it off the, his pedestal. Um, I I personally think Bale will be on the move in the transfer window. I think he'll go. I've got a feeling he'll stay unless the new manager does want to shake things up. It pretty much depends on who the manager is and Tim and how much longevity he thinks he's going to get which has a Madrid manager you can never be too banking on. But if they get a young guy, he might go in and think, right, I'm freshening this team up. If they do go for someone like Wenger, he might think, we've got a good player here, we'll keep here and I can mould him or whatever. So, Yeah, if we go on to the manager then, Wenger was, gonna say, was the guy I was going to say first. So I think he's the book's favourite currently. People seem to think Arsenal fans would hate this and that it would be some like slap in the face if he won the Champions League. I mean, it's, there's quite a difference between that Madrid squad and that Arsenal squad, it's not purely down to us saying, oh, he's a rubbish manager. Oh, he's managed to win it with Madrid. Don't let things like logic get in the way of what people on Twitter will say. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, the other thing being is kind of that he's kind of seen as being hounded out of Arsenal, which would be seen as a smaller job than the Madrid job. So, it, And less well paid, you would imagine, as well. So it'd be kind of like getting binned from your job currently. And then two weeks later, walking into a better paid job at a bigger company, people, you're, you'd be probably entitled to think that people at your old place would be looking at you a little bit bitter. I am. Um, I do you know. I I really can see Arsene Wenger there, and um, I, I don't know how well he'd work in the structure. No, but the thing is, Perez has uh, gone from several times. Yeah, I, I've read. I read a few articles. Um, like talking it like about this and um not specifically Wenger but talking about the situation with the manager and um they said that they almost Real Madrid I mean when you take into account let's say the Ronaldo era at the moment that's at Real Madrid how long do you reckon it's got left two three years like he claims he's uh, playing until he's fifty well yeah exactly <laughs> but what they were saying was you're no, you you almost need like a manager for two years Real Madrid do at the moment and Arsene Wenger could be the perfect vote I mean. You can count on your hand the amount of players that have a bad word to say about him, yeah. and so it depends what their targets are. And at Madrid, you can't really say you're going to take a couple of years off while no. you get like the club restructured and that kind of thing. So I think he could be ideal for a league run. And I think I think he needs some kind of new spark. But he also came out and said he doesn't know if he has the fight for a job like that anymore. Oh wow! I think he might go back to somewhere like Japan or France. Oh really? Well, I think 
for him, it's not about the club. I think it's like the, what he says. He's like a romantic kind of yeah. the story. And I think for him, I don't think he's the guy who's going to be hounded at Madrid by the owner every other day. He wants to be a guy who's going to have the control. And I don't know how much of that you get at Madrid. I don't think he'd like the um, sort of erratic things that go on, the sort of um, the dysfunction of Madrid. I don't think he'd particularly enjoy that. Um, all right, if we the other manager before we move on. So if we say uh, Pochettino is another one that's been strongly linked. Um, Alex ruled it out exclusive because he signed a new deal. <laughs> Lice. Absolutely was it, lies. Was it lies? It was he's lies. He's trying a new deal, guys. He's not going anywhere. You took that. You took that statement to mean that I was t- like ruling out completely. What well, I, I meant by it in terms of he signed a new contract, which means Daniel Levy has a lot more to work with than. Well, yeah. Did. The thing is that Madrid are quite openly funded by the Spanish government, so money mm. is never an issue. If in fact they used to sign, they used to almost spend more money just for the sake of having a big money signing. Mm. <laughs> um, so if that's them, if they can kind of roll him out and give it the. Yeah, I think um, it's interesting that, that that particular transfer link, since we spoke about it the other day, it's died down a bit. I mean, a few people have come out and said they've immediately cut interests because like, there's no clause in the contract and apparently Daniel Levy's hard to work with. Yeah, he did that is, that interview, that interview which um, he had at the book signing, I think it was. His quote was actually translated as saying, like, I've always told that I'll just go where my destiny takes me and it's like... <laughs> He's like, I'm more than happy at Tottenham, but I'll just see where it goes. Yeah, yeah. I think I he is. Like, I, I think he's a good manager. Still got a lot to do and he hasn't won anything yet, which is, you know, always that, that key thing. But with the sort of teams that he builds and the way that he likes to build them from what we've seen so far, that's a big overhaul at Real Madrid. So is he actually a good fit when you well, think about it? Capello won a budget treble there and was sacked for not playing the right style of football. <laughs> exactly. It's just like it, he's going to want to like they were talking about like uh, I, I heard this other I heard this other uh, like the other day saying that oh he uh, obviously Pochettino likes his youth and that would be ideal for Real Madrid. When did Real Madrid have had a good youth? When have they ever invested in their youth system? Well, they, their team was cost less than Liverpool's when you look at some of the players they had brought through for a while. They're more. Not necessarily bring them through the system. They buy other people's youth and then they bring yeah, them through exactly. the system. Yeah, exactly. But looking at it, um, I think Poch makes sense in that it's a less obvious candidate. It's a guy who's young that you can kind mm. of say you're going to keep there. Um, I'm not sure what the goals would be set out for him. So I'm not sure if he's out there and he's told you got to win something in your first season. I'm not sure he's the guy for that. But No, I agree. I think with the how he tends to build a squad, you're not going to get any instant results at Madrid and the pressure's going to be on him immediately. It's not going to be like Tottenham. Well, I'll tell you what I'm worried is going to happen, just purely from a frustration side of things. I think it's going to be fun for a couple of weeks where he's on and off going to be linked and you're going to see Spurs fans squirm a bit whilst you don't know whether he's going to go or not. Then he's gonna. They're gonna sign another manager, and some Spurs fans, not necessarily saying you, are gonna act as if he's turned down Madrid to stay at Spurs and then give it this big one here. And realistically, if he is offered the job and it can be worked out, any manager in the world, bar maybe Barcelona, 
is going to go to Madrid. There's literally if they want their man, they're going to get their man. Yeah, this is why. This is why. Even though I said like the the stories about it have died down in the last few days, and other these things come out saying that it's been like quashed and they've ended their interest. I am a firm believer that Real Madrid get their man every single time. Name me one time that they haven't got their man. I've learnt this. I've learnt this. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but the um, but I just think that it's not. You can't entirely rule it out. And I think the only reason I can see him, I see him turning like just not going down the path of Madrid is if he genuinely doesn't think he's ready for it yet and it'll be a negative turn in his career in terms no of one's too big too early. think that of themselves though, surely, or you wouldn't be in I don't know. I mean, he's young. He's young. And if he, I mean... I think he's I'm... confident and got enough belief in himself that he think he's ready for mm. no matter what. I think the idea of how he'd work in the structure, I think he might have some uh, reservations about that. I think that's a fair point. And I think from Madrid's point of view... It might look a little bit ignorant from the outside looking in, but they will look at trophies. Mm. And if he hasn't won anything, then they'll think, can I do it? Which, if you go for someone like Benga, you might get a couple of years out of him and then Poch might have won something or be very, very close to it, for example. Mm. Then you might say, right, here you go, you can have the job now. You don't have the sentimental side to save you like you did with Zidane either. He means nothing to Madrid in yeah. that. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's like it could be that, that Pochino could be looking at that and thinking if I get this wrong this could be a massive downturn in my the, career I mean yeah, we, you so. forget we've been through like Tottenham fans have been through this before because AVB was linked with him we when need, we had AVB we need the return of Sherwood from this yeah. <laughs> who's Newcastle manager don't want him anywhere near <laughs> do not want him anywhere near respect you might keep Kane if uh, if he comes in as manager nah. Poch going and taking Kane with him is the, is the dream <laughs> that would Whoa. be unreal. Savage. I think, like literally, we were talking. We were talking figures in the group chat, oh, weren't we? I don't know if you want this actually on on record. What you're about to say, <laughs> I do. If you think so, what was it you said about 130 million for Kane? Yeah, 130 million. If Pochettino and Kane were to go to Real Madrid, well, I'm not saying it's going to be a 200, double, mil- a double 200 million or more a combined fee. 200 million plus we're talking for those two to leave Tottenham to go to Real Madrid. He said 200 million for Kane himself. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 if he went for if Kane went for 200 million, honestly, <laughs> right? Okay, let's break this down then. He's a keen. He's the main man in our squad. All right. Yeah. yeah. The main man in our squad before was a record fee. What's the record fee at the moment? 180, 190. It was Neymar. I'm, Neymar's I'm fee. honestly quivering at the thought of him trying to do a Spanish accent. <laughs> honestly, how, tell me, tell me it's impossible. Tell me, tell me it's it would impossible. be. If, I, I don't dispute. I think Tottenham would aim for that. But just whether they would get that is a very different matter. Or if you get that, you're getting it over about ten years. Yeah, but that's the way these work. But the figure's still the same at the end of the day. Not when you've got a stadium I to think, build. If you're I offered 130 up front, or you're offered my, re- my reasons for my reasons for be believing that sort of figures are is possible is first of all, I think Real Madrid love a transfer record, and it's been taken from them by PSG recently. He is. He is. They not spend the record on Neymar. They could do. That's the thing. But apparently, he's linked with Man City. And he wants to go and pay under Pep Guardiola. Let's hope that doesn't oh, happen. <laughs> so, do you think Kane's worth more than Mbappe? Yeah, at the moment. Do you think he's worth more than Neymar? <sighs> I don't like this pause. No. <laughs> Not on the moment. No, no. Uh, no, I don't think so. I. I <sighs> it's in some sense. 
No, not no. He's not worth more than Kane. Oh, Kane, yeah. Kane is one of the best players in the world. Arguably one of the best strikers in the world. And, and did you, <laughs> have you seen he's equal the heaviest bloke at the World Cup? Yeah, yes. Someone put like, "How oh, is this possible?" <laughs> someone said, "You have to take the weight of his tongue into account." <laughs> 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 this is our captain, for God's sake. Like being disrespectful <laughs> for everyone. Yeah, I do feel like for the duration of the World Cups, so I do feel like I need to be a bit defensive over him. I don't want his morale going down. Although if I do have to blame someone, he's captain is getting it. Like without your support, it's all just going to get too much for him. <laughs> Honestly, you need me by his side, whispering Jerusalem in his ear. Little arm on the shoulder. Um, I mean, I think... Both will stay for the foreseeable, but I think some Spurs fans are crazy if they think that they're both these like club men who are gonna. I've seen Spurs fans say it's impossible; it's not going to happen. They're so deluded. Yeah. It can happen. Anything can happen like that. All right, let's get on to the media again. So, I mean, this this should be fairly sharp because I think we'll all be in fairly uh, unanimous opinion on this. So, for those that aren't in England, uh, the English press have a funny way of. Head of a tournament, they'll try and take down at least one of our players. Raheem Sterling seems to be the guy this time. He's pictured with um, a tattoo of a gun on his right ankle. Um, I mean, he was photographed with it for all of their trophy celebrations, but they've waited until now. (laughs) I will say, for the record, it's strange to me that your dad's been killed, and so the tattoo you get in, in memory is a gun on your... 100%. 100. Ankle. 100%. That is, a, that is an odd thing to do. When he explained like how he's going to finish yeah. it or whatever, even then I was still like, uh, that's, I'm not sure, man. Do what you want, but... He should have just kept it. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's my shooting boot. That's basically, he was like, oh, and it's the foot I shoot with. He should have just kept it out of that. I suppose it's kind of like, if I say this, then they can't have any real argument yeah, with it. But they still have. It'd be like Prince Harry having a picture of a car tattooed on him or something. Well, he was he was pictured um, dressed as a Nazi, so I don't think he's the, he's the guy we go to representing Team Ginger. There, I don't think uh, you right. backed him. Yeah, it's than that one <laughs> um, yeah, so when you look at him as a character, I mean, he does all kinds of charity work. He's always in old people's homes. He's in youth networks. He builds. So <laughs> <laughs> he's building schools in Jamaica and all over the shop. So I don't know why the press do it. I mean, yesterday Mbappe and Dembele were put up an Instagram story of them doing balloons in the French camp. Oh wow! And, <laughs> and they just don't care over there. They're like, do, do you building. not remember what Griezmann did? Oh, yeah. the fancy dress. Christ. Well, if you if you can bang in fifty goals a season, we just no, well, not we. We as a pod, we do care. <laughs> <laughs> people, people won't care what you've done. That is completely true. And when Tevez just went missing for half a season, when he came back, as long as he scored, everyone was like, yep, it's hilarious the fact he's just on a golf swing. For fuck's sake. It does, yeah, it is odd how they've just decided to target him. But maybe it's just old-fashioned meat and potatoes racism. As in, um, it is a lot of the Daily Mail, so... As in uh, oh, that... Uh, Pier- uh, bloody Piers Morgan got involved, yeah. and he's like, he said, oh, like he's linked it to the whole gun debate in America and all that sort of stuff. It's just like, honestly... Like immediately, immediately, like. immediately, because he's got involved and come out with that, I am back in Sterling, one hundred percent. Piers Morgan. Maybe that's what Piers Morgan's done it for. Maybe he's thought, right, they need they need to get behind Sterling. I'll go against him. 
um, someone brought up today. They said, oh, why is, why is there no outrage at Lily Allen for wearing a, a machine gun necklace around her neck? She's all been wearing it for 10 years. And someone said, well, it doesn't make it any better. And Piers has jumped straight in and said, this is disgusting. Why are you doing this? It trivializes the gun crime that's happened. She's like, well, I think you need to focus your energy more on the actual guns than tattoos and necklaces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so someone's just commented in the middle of it saying, um, I won't say exactly what was said, but they said, um, long story short, you're both bellends anyway. <laughs> and uh, Piers had come back and said, I won't actually disagree with that, but that's actually a different debate. So. <laughs> I saw this other thread as well, that going in on him saying, well, if you've got a problem with that, the entire Arsenal badge is basically a weapon. So you oh, need to start yeah, trimming yeah. it down. <laughs> I also saw another thread about Lily Allen when the, she did a tweet to someone. Um, some poll was at it, like the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you. So no, she's done. I, got, I went to the Glamour Awards and got given what I thought was a line of coke. It turned out it was Kurt. So I got thrown out of the Glamour Awards in a kale. <laughs> Classy bid. Can't she tweeted. Alex just said under his breath, it happens, but I don't know if that's been picked up on the mic or not. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I think we've got plenty more to get into, so uh, we'll move on. All right, so we've got the third week here of our uh, weekly transfer gossip breakdown. Um, we go through basically today's gossip, maybe a bit of Sundays if there's nothing too spicy today, and uh, just give our takes how realistic what can happen from there. So the first one here, just to kick us off, um, Bayern Munich will keep tabs on Everton and England goalkeeper Jordan Pickford at this month's World Cup from the Sun. They've got Neuer in goal, but they'll keep an eye on Pickford. <laughs> is that just like oh. like is that just like banter towards like is that like like German banter seeping through? I mean, how do they think this World Cup's going to go for us? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about TK doing uh, fantasy football through the sun either. First, he turns his back on Team Ginger. What? Actually, actually, talking of fantasy football, I need to clear something up. Oh. So, if you've been listening to the, the World Cup episodes, <laughs> Sean Shute did the probably the worst call-out in history the other day. Calling me out, didn't actually call anything out. Well, thanks for wasting everybody's time with that. Uh, um, the... Um, but he claimed on the Colombian podcast that he discovered Rodriguez and he was the only one who had him in his starting 11 for the, uh, for the fantasy. Well, I, I always do bloody awful in these fantasy <laughs> leagues. That's the only one I've ever done well in. And it's, I won it. I went on the whole bandwagon of backing these South American teams from the start thinking that South American teams are going to dominate. He was in my squad. <laughs> None of this, none of this. Sean was the one who discovered him. So don't, don't like, just endless lies coming from him. Endless lies. So uh, I'll wait for your response. I'm going to say, I do remember um, doing the, well, you must have been, uh, yeah, one of the fancy footballs uh, in the time that I've known you, and you patch your midfield with defensive midfielders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've done literally. I'm not very good. And then gloating about it. I literally, I'm not very good at it. It was a one in a shot million. But I went with. I think I went with Rodriguez, Jackson, Jackson Martinez, Sanchez, and 
somebody else, and I got lucky big time. So Scott did one once with literally spent a large amount of money on Macalady. You know, <laughs> he's not going to get you anything. What are you doing? <laughs> the one I remember one one year where if it was a defensive midfielder, they give you clean sheet points, but I think that's oh, the only yeah. one that's ever done it, and yeah. I'm not giving Scott the benefit of the doubt. No, <laughs> All right. Um, so, Liverpool remain in pursuit of 60 million rated Leon midfielder Nabil Fakir, although reports of talks with the 24-year-old's agent on Sunday were premature. So, it looks like it is just a case of when, not if. You reckon? Unfortunately, but yeah. A tough one to live up to. The last Nabil we had, Nabil Elzar. It's a tough, tough act to follow. Not sh- unless he does, he's good in goal. Again, <laughs> we're getting our priorities all wrong. We're getting a 50-inch TV, but the roof's caving in. <laughs> Actually, the next uh, bit of gossip, so you jump the gun. Roma and Brazil goalkeeper Alisson, 25, will reject Liverpool in order to wait for a move to Real Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Thanks, mate. I, I, well, this uh, this goal... We're going to end up spending a hideous amount of Jack Button, aren't we, for fuck's sake? This uh, this goalkeeper merry-go-round, I mean, that's the first I've heard that link, but I thought Courtois was almost confirmed to Real Madrid or the whole... I'll be fuming if that means De Gea to Real Madrid's off. Yeah. That was such a good always summer link, which yeah. had to happen at some point. Most unfortunate time for the fax machine to break, by the way. Yeah. De Gea couldn't get to Real. We're getting Benzema this year. And Higuain. <laughs> They're all going to come in. And what was his face that ended up at Sunderland? Oh, uh, Shakiri. No, no, we're not so sorry for you, meant. No, the so, French, so, uh, the French guy. Um, you got you no, literally. Uh, he was like your player, Yanam Vier. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. Constantly linked with him. Like, oh wait. Um, all right. So next one, Arsenal target Stefan Lichtstein, the 34-year-old Swiss right back who is out of contract at Juventus this summer, has insisted a deal to take him to the Emirates is not yet complete. It does look like a case of when, not if. Not sure I feel about it. Exactly. I mean, Bellerin played literally every game at right back last year, so if it gives some kind of mentoring and backup there, then that can't be too bad, because otherwise it was Chambers. Or we're playing Maitland-Nall, who, was, who did play well there, but he's not a full-back. No. Chambers. Yeah, hopefully we get. I reckon we can get about £20 million for him from a Premier League team. That's crazy. Because he's homegrown and all that business. Um Okay, uh, new Everton boss Marco Silva is preparing a 30 million bid for Newcastle captain Jamel Lascelles. Why isn't he at the World Cup? That's a good question. He's not good enough. Main the main answer. <laughs> <laughs> do you think he can do for Everton what Van Dijk has done for Liverpool? Or I'm, better? I'm not going to dignify that with an answer. <laughs> it was from the Sun. <laughs> Alright, um, Swiss winger Jürgen Shakiri, 26, has confirmed he will leave relegated Stoke this summer. The 26-year-old <laughs> wants to sign for a Premier League club, um, and that's from a German paper via the Stoke Sentinel, which is quite a cool paper name. I think I can see him. I can see him at Everton, West Ham, any club of of that level. Him going to Palace with. Uh, Sahara and the other wing would be quite cool. Yeah, I can see him in an Everton shirt. I can see that transfer coming. But Palace is a great shout, actually. I'd like that. He needs a he needs a club that's actually going to motivate him. Though. Newcastle, especially with Jackie Wilsh putting the strings in the middle for Palace. Mm. Yeah, does look that way. All right. Um, 
Times are reporting today that a meeting is set up this week to organise the transfer of Marouane Fellaini to Arsenal on a free transfer. Blimey. Buzz in with that. You're not. Why spend £30 million on Zonzi when you can get Fellaini for free? No, I, I, this it's not the mind-blowing transfer, but it is something... It's good, I mean, it's he, good business. He can do Xhaka's job better than Xhaka. And free transfer, don't pay him too much wages. I mean, depth is an issue. So if we can have not... I wouldn't necessarily call him quality depth, but he maybe suggests we're going to, at points, play a different style of football, which is something that's been said for a long time, that <laughs> we do at least need a plan B. And in with the Europa, then we do need a big squad. So Convert him to a striker. Well, I was going to say, what are you actually going to do with him? Because either way, he doesn't really fit in your what? sort of style, but in what position are you going to play? Because he has played a few. We'd assume it looks like Wilshire may be going. Um, Ramsey is yet to sign a new deal. Xhaka, I think, played most games of anyone at the, at the club. Um, so that's a clear issue. So I think it's just someone there because when uh, Xhaka wasn't there, it was Alneni doing the role. And I actually quite like Alneni, but he's not really someone that's going to rough you up in the midfield or someone is actually going to be physical with you. Physi- physicality has been a big issue. And I guess the thing that they're going to try is, and as much as I kind of disagree with some of the sentiment is, we're not. We're going to make sure we have other people doing the job so the attackers can do their job. So yeah. that looks like the way it could be going. So maybe in some of these big games, we're just going to pack some tough guys in midfield and then rely on the attackers to do the business up top. I've been surprised at how it's unfolded with him in United. Just because I thought Jose did tend to call on him in the big games when he needed him. And also, style-wise, as a they're as big a team as you're going to get and fit in, really. I bet, I bet he's asking for a lot of money. You're probably right. Um, I think they did offer him like, a decent deal. Just we don't know what United have got planned, though. Yeah. They're probably going to get someone big in. Yeah, you can imagine. Okay. Like Fabinho, you mean? Yeah. Oops. Um, from here... Uh, so West Ham manager Manuel Pellegrini wants to sign English midfielder Jack Wilshere if the 26-year-old leaves Arsenal. So, I mean, he's a free agent now. It's a little strange. Apparently, he was offered another three-year deal, which he turned down. I don't know if it's a case of wages. I don't know if it's a case of guarantees over a starting role. He let himself down at the end of the season, his form, where so he started when he first came back and everyone was impressed. Like, oh, this is what we were missing. This is what England need. And then he kind of, I think... Maybe he realised I'm doing all this for nothing. Maybe it, just the long season was taking a, just a toll on him because he's not really played a full season before. So Physically, he can't be at it. And his style of play is he can't have a half where he literally... I, he, you know, Vardy kind of leaves himself there to be taken out. I don't even think Wilshire necessarily does that on purpose, but he just... The way he runs, he has such a kind of low and he, and he just slides past players that he yeah. just gets taken out all the time. <laughs> okay. Um, Do you find it odd that he does want to leave? I thought... Yeah. If, unless, he, unless he doesn't have any assurance over starting. Only because of his options, I don't think, looked fantastic. No. I think he did grow up a West Ham kid, though. Yeah. So, if that might be a sort of a sentimental move, but... Him and Noble in the midfield would be nasty. Cunty midfield. <laughs> Alright, this might answer some United questions. So, Manchester United boss Jose Mourinho has made Paris Saint-Germain and Italy midfielder Marco Verratti his number one target. 
can't see it happening, and they'll have to play a disgusting amount if they want to get him. Very good player. He is very good. Him and see, all I've heard about like talk wise with Man United in recent days is on Arnautovic from oh, okay. West Ham for fifty million. We're gonna get to that. Alex. All right, cut my all list right. off. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> the only one we've actually heard about United going in for so far is uh, Verratti. So <laughs> it looks. I mean, the rumors, Fred rumor. I mean, they they uh, had a medical for Diego and Dallo, if I'm pronouncing that right, a fullback. It looks like they're just going to try and nasty their team up a bit. I think the Fred one looks pretty much well, done, five it? mil. My most. When Fred first came back, I must admit, I did instantly remember the Brazilian striker who was absolutely <laughs> wank at that tournament. Still was it bad, the last one? Still or? bad goals. Uh, it, was the, it was the Brazil one. Yeah, it, it was, was wasn't it? And he yeah. was absolutely dreadful. He yeah. got absolutely slated. He yeah, did. he was he fucking fair, awful. He, but he was relied upon when Neymar got injured, so it was a pretty thankless task. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. But, uh, yeah, you'd, like you said, it looks like they're trying to... Mourinho's trying to mould it more to what he wants in terms of getting a bit nastier. Okay. Um, Arsenal manager and Knight Emery wants to make severe midfielder Stephen and Zonzi one of his first signings. Emery signed the 29-year-old Frenchman, a former Blackburn and Stoke player, during his time in charge of the Spanish club. It does seem Arsenal are going for experience and they're going to mix some youth in. Which makes sense to have these players get them on two, three-year deals, let them do their business and then hope the players you've got beneath them are ready to then make play a starting role when they're done. And Zonzi, I mean, I put in our chat the other day, I don't know how much better he is than when he was in the league. Uh, he seems, from what I read, to be the type of guy we need, but I'm not too sure. I do think he's improved since he was in the Prem. Um, I think it's partly that he's adapted to a new league, but I think he's always been a sort of type of player that can blow hot and cold as well so he's always been capable of putting in a worldly performance and then the next one look exactly like a Stoke or a Blackburn player a little bit like that Diame that was at West Ham every now and again he'd have a game where he looked like Yaya Torre and then the rest of the time it looked like I don't know probably Kolo now Sissoko (laughs) Moses Sissoko absolutely he's going to be your Sissoko (laughs) I'm back (laughs) yeah. <laughs> drifted off so we got the next one on the list I trust Alex and uh, TK have summed that up nicely um, new Everton manager Marco Silva wants to sign West Ham striker Marco Arnautovic but Manchester United remain favourites to land the Austrian talking about some big money as well aren't they it's 40 or 50 million 50. For? well they signed oh. him uh, to be fair to be fair I mean obviously West Ham won't want to lose him but at the same time, they paid thirty million for him. They've got a really good season out of him, and then they're getting fifty million for him. That's good business. Yeah, yeah he, it was he, um, he played for Jose Inter as well, so there's something there. But still, I'm, I'm not saying he's worth fifty. I'm just saying that's where the link probably has come from. I think on a, I think he is a good player, but he lacks a lot of consistency. Well, I think half is you say you want fifty, and then when you take thirty, it's not. Even then, that's still like more than I pay for him. If I, 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 I got to say, I think if they sign, if Man United sign Arnautovic, that is definitely the door for Martial. Do you? Well, I was gonna, I was gonna ask this. Do you? I would say if he signed him, he signed him as a striker because that's where he's complaining he has no options. Do you think? He's complaining he has no options, and he all he, and all he's relying on is the physicality of Lukaku. 
So it would make sense that he's signing a guy who's pushed his weight around up top. And he's also technically good. Yeah, I, th- I think he's curtains for Martial anyway, though. As long as Mourinho's there, I think he's he's off. And someone, someone's going to pick up a worldly player there. The thing is... That like, would be I, a I, very, I, very good sign. Yeah, I would love... Like, literally, it would be the dream to have him at Tottenham. And I think he would do well with Poch. But at the same time, I think Man United are going to make any Premier League club pay big time yeah, for him. They paid yeah. over 100 for him, didn't they? Or no, 80, uh, 80. Yeah, it was yeah. like... Yeah, it was 80 million. Which at like the that. time was huge as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, Paris Saint-Germain and Argentina midfielder Xavier Pastore. He's only 28. I thought he was older. Yeah, may have to take a pay cut if he's to join West Ham. Cheers, Guardian, for that breaking. <laughs> that <laughs> is literally the opposite of what West Ham need. A midfielder who's been slandered for his attitude and work rate, <laughs> coming into a new league where, I mean, I'm not sure Pellegrini is a guy who's going to even kick up the backside. Break his, break his brittle leg. <laughs> I thought that when you said about Shakiri getting linked with West Ham as well, I was thinking I'm not sure they need someone who's <laughs> flat as the deceiver best. All right, one more. Um, so Northern Ireland manager Michael O'Neill expects to see 30-year-old defender Johnny Evans leave West Brom this summer. He has a 2.5 million release clause in his contract now that they've been relegated. Who is going to pick up Johnny we, Evans? It's it a scramble. Seems, it seems so obvious that Arsenal should go for him. It yeah. seems literally the most obvious thing in the world. So City, you're not going to get a game. United, I'm not sure they're going to go for him. Liverpool probably would make sense as a backup. You can literally start for us. If uh, if Alderweireld left Tottenham, we got a vacancy. Mm-hmm. He'd choose Arsenal over Spurs. Would he though? I'd say, I'd say Liverpool, but Klopp does also seem in love with Lovren. So I'm not sure that will. I don't think that will happen. And there's obviously the past United thing. I don't know whether he. And you've still got Clavan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on. I hope we've had quite a good week of gossip this week. So hopefully we get some more uh, tasty news uh, next week. I don't think we really need to go fully into game one of the NBA Finals, TK. For one, I'm not sure we can put ourselves through that again. Um, game two is obviously beating gone, so we can't really call it like a, a, a fluke in that the way Warriors got passed because they've obviously then dominated game two. I think I don't think we need to insult anyone with our predictions as to who's going to go on and win yeah. the finals. So a little bit of a uh, twist on the topic here. So Alex, as someone who's uh, not an NBA fan yourself, um, to end the game uh, of the first game of the finals, they do they, they do a best of seven between the two teams in the finals. In game one, uh, Cavs are the underdogs, and they were down by one. They had two free throws with four seconds left. Um, the guy has hit the first free throw to tie the game, and then he's missed the second one. But one of the Cavs players has managed to get the rebound, so they can pass. He can put it in the hoop. Anything to tie the, to win the game now. The guy thinks he's won. He thinks they're in the lead, and he's just run away with the ball. Thinking he's just going to run the clock down. <laughs> Think he's, and everyone's looking at him like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> oh no! He's realised right at the end, and he was. I thought we were ahead. <laughs> so it's gone to overtime. They've lost. Oh. So the topic here is worst decision making in sport. Obvious one. I mean, we, me and Tika had a little there. Uh, chat earlier and we were saying quite an obvious one is um, 
the Super Bowl with Patriots and the Seahawks. Seahawks choosing to pass it all on the goal line when it was seemed a far better option to run when you've got a guy <laughs> literally nicknamed Beast Mode. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if anyone has any other ones they want to chuck out here. You could probably throw in a number of football transfers in there, like Liverpool turning down the opportunity to sign Cristiano Ronaldo before United did. Um, I think uh, probably you wouldn't call it the worst decision, but I think um, Alex McLeish had the chance to sign Gareth Bale for like two and a half million from Spurs just before he just before he started to make a change, like change for the better. Um, so yeah, there's probably a number of transfer football ones you could think out there. Uh, Pistorius not checking who was in his bathroom. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> you are not editing that out. You are not editing oh, that out. <laughs> there was me thinking, saying OJ's bird decided to go home that night. Was it going to be a bad one? Jesus! I did actually know that OJ one actually just rolls me. The prosecution asking him to try the glove on. It's not really in sport, but that's a bad decision every time. All right. Um, I, re- I recall um, Hussein Bolt. Um, during, I think it was the World Championships, and I can't remember. I, I'm pretty certain it was the 200 or something. I think it was the 200. He, it was a false start. Um, what I think it was the second false start, and when he stood up from the blocks, he kind of like had a bit of a moment where he was stropping and he took off his jersey. Um, like for, he didn't throw it or anything. He just took it off in like frustration, and um, he got back. That took him out of the race. He got banned from <laughs> racing for that, like for that race because he took his jersey off. Um, uh, Zidane headbutting Matarazzi. Okay, I don't. Great, great decision. That was a what great a way decision. to sign up. Yeah. Bang. Well, I mean, if they went on to win the World Cup, but losing it, it does not look good on you. <laughs> not good on the CV. Uh, he didn't actually get any. Um, but um, uh, what's this? Uh, I've forgotten his name. Uh, Man United striker. Uh, Cantona. Cantona's kung fu kick. Yeah. <laughs> Put ever in there as well. Um, Tiger was cheating. Uh, ruined his career essentially, and they estimate he lost roughly. 12 billion worth in stocks. Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, because of that. Uh, MJ going to baseball. Did the league tell him to? Supposedly he was doing it to honour his dad, but not too sure. Uh... Lance Armstrong deciding to come back. Probably never gets found out if he doesn't get a bit brave and decide to come back for those extra tours. I would say the writing was on the wall no matter what. To you're, be prob- you're probably right, but it seemed to prompt it. Yeah, me. yeah. It, it kind of took it from being like when you look back now and his shroud of influence is gone, it kind of looked, went yeah. from being ridiculous to the bordering on the obscene ridiculous yeah. to come back. But yeah, yeah, that's uh, quite up there. Um, I don't know if you watched it at the cinema with this, so um, Tonya Harding choosing rather to go out there and beat her fellow competitor uh, at the Olympics Instead, using her bodyguard and her husband to arrange a hit on her competitor, which then went on to uh, <laughs> obviously get her in a pretty pretty deep water. She ended up in a case with the FBI. Um, I don't know. You you might not have heard this one. It's a bit of an obscure one. But the other week, um, the Liverpool goalkeeper decided to kick the ball into Karim Benzema <laughs> just right in front of the goal. <laughs> um, that wasn't a great decision. 
I don't think many people saw it though. I think he got away with it. <laughs> I was actually bracing myself for something like you. <laughs> um, you could talk about. Um, there's been a number in cricket now. You think about it. Uh, the Australian one recently with ball tampering. I, what, I don't know what they were thinking there. You see um, the English fans dressed up as Australians and were tampering balls in front of the batsmen. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Um, Ron Atkinson forgetting his mic was on. Oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of bad I ones mean, like that. Yeah, Andy Graham, Richard Keyes decided not just once, not twice, but three times to make sexist comments around the camera. <laughs> the the Richard Keyes one, where he's going, uh, red up a giver one. We just smash it. He definitely smashed it. And in that clip, Sunes is like trying to warn him. He's giving him a little note, trying to warn him. He's like, no, nope, I'm carrying on. The <laughs> way he's just gone. Red that wood. <laughs> Jamie's just there. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, in this day and age, Jamie Carragher deciding I'm going to spit on a teenage girl. That's bad decision making. He didn't spit on a teenage girl. He didn't even know he was there. Didn't even know she was there. Sorry. It don't change the fact it landed on her. Ah, that guy wanted a response. He got a response. <laughs> and you just assumed her gender. <laughs> <laughs> what? Right. Uh, probably. Um, I, I got one. Michael Owen doing the Dubai tour video. Oh, that was. Painful. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could go on here, and a lot of the ones aren't actually about sports. <laughs> Shamax Barnett. That might be the worst decision I've seen in sport. Well, that's an individual. <sighs> Jesus Christ! A guy is running out of hair quickly, and he's decided to do that. Although, apparently, so is Bale. Those those pictures. That's so yeah. weird. <laughs> Alright, um, I, I think we could go on for hours here and we'd probably get ourselves in more and more trouble, so we do want to get picked up eventually by someone else. I mean, now is a good time. I'll say, uh, say a thank you to uh, WBLZ Radio for having us on for the past just under a year. Obviously, they've gone off air now, so if anyone's listening and uh, is a big fan <laughs> of our content, we're uh, open to being signed. But... Uh, and if neither of you have anything more to say, then uh, I'll sign us off. Nah, you carry on. All right, so uh, thanks again for listening to another episode of the Spitballing Pod. We'll be back with some more World Cup breakdowns later this week. Me and TK are going to get the rest of them finished while watching the boxing on Wednesday, I think. And uh, we'll be back next week. Thank you. <laughs>